Hello and welcome to episode two of the Hopeful Influence podcast. Uh, my name's Matt. I'm here again with Jude and with Taria. Nice to see you guys mm-hmm. again. Uh, here we are talking more about why we think theologically about leadership and why it's important to think about it that way. And so, um, I don't know, we, we better just get cracking, hadn't we? And that, Jude, why? Why is it important? Tell us, help us out here. Why would we think theologically about leadership? Well, yeah, I mean, the um, I suppose the thought, the thought here, I guess, is that you know, why when we think about anything, when we think about anything, um, it's kind of important uh, to to think a bit about um, uh, about God, about how God speaks, particularly through the biblical narrative, through that revelation, how God speaks and informs. Uh, something uh, as, as sort of foundational point, foundational question. Before you think about anything, and I'm reminded of the sort of, you know, the birth of the European university when um, when people would come to study, you know, at degree level, they'd always originally, you know, uh, you know, did study um, theology with, you know, maths or geography or history or whatever. That, that, that it was a, a given, really, that you would. Um, you'd learn something of, of God and, and God's sort of um, shapes for, for creation and God's heart for humanity and what, you know, human flourishing and human community can look like. And, you know, that, that would be the beginnings, mm-hmm. that, that, those sort of thoughts and, you know, would be running alongside the, the, the sort of pursuit of mathematics or, or, or whatever it is. And, um, you know, and that, that shapes so much of our, our sort of um, historical uh, learning. And, you know, why, why study the stars? Why study astronomy? Because, because you know, or, or physics, you know, because we believe that there, there is a, a sort of a God of order behind, you know, behind that creation who chooses to reveal himself in and through that creation, that we're not just studying random stuff, but uh, there's order, there's purpose, there's, there's beauty uh, written into the, the the human world that we occupy, and so, um, so I think, um, yeah, starting the com- studying any conversation about anything and any learning experience about anything really with with what with, what who who is God and what is God doing and acting and moving and God's intention for this thing, I think is just really good practice. Perhaps something of a slightly lost art, maybe in our sort of secular mm-hmm. uh, moment that we find ourselves. But the um, um, I think that's the that's the invitation. And and I think um, I think on this leadership thing, I think there's there's loads of great sort of how to leadership stuff out there. You know, uh, lots of good stuff written from that within that secular domain, and mm. loads of great sort of um, material written by Christian leaders that that's really helpful. And you can just sort of get at that stuff, and it will absolutely make a difference and make us better leaders for sure. And um, you know, John Maxwell, you know, folks like him who've just been writing for years and years, just you know, as Christian people, great, great practice, great, great um, um, how-to stuff. Um, but I think the, perhaps the danger is, is that, you know, if some of that how-to stuff gets disconnected from uh, or isn't adequately rooted in who God is and what God's uh, plans and purposes for our leadership uh, are, then then they can take us to some, you know, potentially you know, sort of dangerous places. And I, you know, I remember reading Maxwell the other day and him sort of holding up the, um, you know, the architects of the McDonald's, you know, franchise mm. as being, you know, the ability to sort of lift the lid on on, on exponential sort of growth and, and development. And so sort of holding that up as a sort of a real example of great, you know, leadership, next level sort of leadership stuff. And then you just sort of, just sort of stop and think, well, hold on. 
you know, we're sort of, um, um, you know, we're holding up and, and sort of um, honouring leadership that essentially has, uh, you know, uh, exacerbated, led to, you know, propagated the, the advance of fast food and, you know, really destructive uh, environmentally, socially, you know, supply chains around mass production of, you know, food and poor working conditions for staff and bad diet and we're probably <laughs> not going to get that. sponsored by Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, sorry guys that's probably not <laughs> going to happen that sorry but yeah destroying that possibility um but uh do you know what i mean and so actually hold on we we, we we're honoring and upholding some form of leadership and we've become disconnected from what leadership actually is about if it is about as we talked in our first session as we're going to go on to talk about if it is about moving into a god-shaped future you know then 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 we've got to maintain some handle on that mm. um there's a direction of travel there's a listening to the spirit there's a working together in community about what uh, life could be and how to move from a to b and in, in, in within a christian sort of understanding and so so we've got to i think we've got to talk about god we've got to talk about what god is doing in and through our leadership and we're gonna have a little bash at that i think as we go um t do you want to just before we sort of dive into kind of what god might be doing in and through leadership and we've got to sort of have a go at that um any thoughts for yourself you shared some great stuff in the first session practically about your experience of leadership and you know any any thoughts from you on what have you found helpful as you've sort of tried to root uh, your leadership in in who god is and what god's doing Mm, yeah that's a great question um i think theology and studying the bible is so fundamentally important for leadership because it just enables us to pick off any cultural understanding of leadership that isn't helpful um helps to like chisel down what we think of leadership and and go back to basics almost um and if we want to exercise leadership that is fruitful that is godly then it just makes sense to go back to the source. It makes sense to go back to the examples of Jesus and how he does leadership and how he interacts with people and how he, he does that in a really healthy way. Um, and he needs to be fundamentally our example of, of how to do that. Um, and yeah, while it's helpful to have, um, yeah, I guess uh, figures, Christian figures and people that we look up to, you know, it's, it's great having those people as examples of how to do things. Jesus needs to ultimately be our, our first and foremost. So I found going back to the Bible um, really helpful for me in, mm -hmm. in going back to basics. Amazing. I guess what is important about coming back to basics is that it can be quite dangerous when we are just ignoring or um, think that we've done the work and actually haven't really done the work. And so um, it's it, the example that you gave with McDonald's, we can kind of have in church as well and we can do things that we think are godly, but actually we haven't thought about enough or that somebody thought was godly and is godly, but we've taken it on as culture and we haven't done the work for ourselves. Um, and so it, it's important that we do our own work, isn't it? And that we uh, discern properly whether it is godly, whether it is Christ-like, whether it is what God is calling us into. And so there, are, I think there are examples that we know about um, 
you know, that are culture driven. And so you can see like some American church stuff and some of the stuff that happened with Donald Trump and um, things like that, where you're like, I don't know where you've got that from, but you are really convinced that that is godly. Mm. But I can't see any of Donald or Jesus in Donald Trump. Don't come at me, Donald Trump, please. <laughs> um, but I don't know if we, I don't know if we want to talk into that or talk about um, what what that looks like for us to work through. Yeah, for sure. The um, yeah, I think I think the. Um, you know, as we as we as you, as you say, as we travel forward, I think there's this constant, there's this invitation to constantly theologically reflect on our direction of travel. You know, of what God is doing, you know, in and through us uh, as people of influence. Um, are we on the right track? Um, and and I think that that sort of manifest, you know, that, that reflection, you know, is 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 sort of across the board, really. And I, I don't know, sort of, um, you know, the, the, the sort of the mega church thing is is perhaps an easy target and, and you know, you've got to be a bit careful because there's, there's nuance and cultural um stuff going on there and, and you know it's not just north america um that we're talking about but the um you know i think sometimes you know as as, as church i mean I, I certainly one of the things i would hope for you know before god sort of you know for our church as, as we grow is that um there is uh consistently that there is space for people to play their part um you know, in, in, in our sort of direction of travel forward and that, that people can find their voice within our community and, and play the role, you know, the God-shaped role uh, that they have to play. And I think, I think as you get, I, th- I think just, just uh, uh, an effect within, you know, human community and you know, social dynamics and all that stuff is that obviously once you get above a certain size, it becomes harder for people to do that. Now, you know, small is beautiful in church life and, uh, you know, you, okay, the Sunday service, the big celebration may be big, but then, you know, as long as you're doing church in smaller contexts or smaller settings, the midweek group, you know, other forms, um, then you've got a good healthy balance there. But I think I think sometimes we can chase sort of size and numbers as, as leaders in, in a sort of untheologically critical way. And I think, um, you know, sometimes church growth, you know, can you know, does uh, reflect, um, you know, a leader or leaders who sort of maybe, you know, uh, their self-worth or sense of achievement is defined by numbers of people going to church. And and as churches get too big, um, maybe, you know, this, that, that, that good healthy space for, for, for people to, to lead, to contribute, to find their voice can get diminished. And, and I think that's something, certainly as we grow, that I would hope we would be very alive to as a church. It's one of the reasons, interestingly enough, why we, we feel really called to church planting. So, um, you know, I don't really sort of want, you know, to be part of building a church that's, you know, well, who knows how big, but at some point, we, you know, we want to be able to send, send out groups of people to, 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 to launch new churches. And we might all come back together and regather at different points, but, but there, there is healthy space uh, for people to, 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 to lead, you know, to play those significant roles of, of influence within the communities of which they're, they're part. And, and, and I think, you know, just, you know, you, know, you sort of see it as, there's a caricature, isn't there, around the sort of mega church where you're sort of almost achieving, you know, size, you know, for size sake. And, and I think sometimes, uh, well, the danger is that there is, there is a lack of critical theological reflection about, about the kind of church that is being built. 
um, uh, obviously the bigger something gets the more sort of gravitational attraction there is and people want to be part of something big and you kind of understand that but um, there's you know this really important reflection uh, to help sort of keep that on track and I don't know if you want to add to that but it's kind of you know in, in every in every area is that 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 there's a challenge isn't there to keep thinking sort of theology what is God actually doing here what yeah. is God calling us into what, what, what do you think yeah yeah all really interesting stuff um yeah I think um something that's been on my mind recently is the idea of the mega church and maybe one person who seems to hold the church all together and and how accountability full kind of fails within that and um yeah, I mean, just when I look at the Bible, I look at how Jesus does things. It's also invitational. It's collaboration. It's, um, yeah, people feeling like they own the vision. It's it's not just one person holding all of the reins. I feel like that's that's quite a dangerous place to sit. Um, and, yeah, particularly with, with our church, it feels like people are able to, yeah, like take up a leadership role. They're able to to hold leaders accountable and that's just really really important within leadership if you if you want it to be healthy um yeah and, and maybe um there's something around how exciting these bigger churches can feel um and yeah gaining that traction you know is that helpful for um for non-christians to, to see that excitement to see that vision um but actually i think there's something about the local grounded smaller churches which which seem to be um, more, I guess, more godly or living out the, the the style of church that that Jesus maybe had in his in his mind. Um, yeah, and just thinking about a specific leader, um, Shane Claiborne. I don't know if you you guys know much about him, but mm. he is a justice figure that I particularly love, and I love that he uh, lives in a an impoverished community but empowers others in that in that area to lead. Uh, it's not about him just coming into an area and saying, this is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you how to live. I'm going to tell you how to do, um, yeah, how to do this this stuff well, but actually empowers people around him, empowers indigenous leaders. And I think in, in churches, you know, what would it look like if we empowered indigenous leaders to take, to take ownership? Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. I think like, some of the things that have been talked about and thought about, you know, we we don't want to attack other things that don't look like us. Mm. We want to be open to say, well, this is how we do it and this is why we do it. So when you said small is beautiful, uh, the reason the small is beautiful and the community is beautiful is because we see Jesus dealing with his small group of people that he would work, like spend time with break bread with you know it not the he's almost the worst pr machine you know he said mm -hmm. don't don't tell anybody that i've healed you you know yeah yeah go and just you know don't don't tell anyone about it come and i'm going to the mountain and i'm not going to stick with this stuff and so so that's a example of us thinking theologically about how we do church and why we do church and uh same with like shane claiborne and how he understands it looks different to how we understand it but it's not about all looking the same it's having it's making sure you've had mm. the thought it's done the the hard work done the grafting looking through what what does it look like for me to hold integrity mm. but to be christ-like and to keep growing in a, a christ-like manner which i think is different for all of us in our unique 
spaces, cultures, creativity, uh, areas of the country, the world, you know, all these different things. Um, that's why it's important for us to grapple with it, isn't it? And just, just on that last thought, Matt, I mean, I can't help just a little plug for... Uh, for some of the Anglican structures, uh, which I happen to operate in. I mean, I just find it there's some real seasoned wisdom, really, around how power is held and how accountability is played out. And so I feel really, um, you know, uh, just really well supported by the accountable structures around me as a vicar. Do you know what I mean? I, I am accountable to people for the kinds of things that I'm doing. And, and I'm asked, you know, no, no perfect system, no perfect structure. Um, but there are some good things in place that will help that force me to reflect on some of those things. Don't get it, you know, right, you know, chunk of the time, maybe maybe more than that, I don't know. But the um, there are some really good structures in place to, to sort of force that that reflective mm. process. And I don't know, it's a bit of a segue, I don't want to kind of dive into that too much, but, you know, you think about something like the democratic structures and the seasoned wisdom that have led us to um, our democratic systems of government and how there is this sort of this this seasoned wisdom over time that basically too much power just just isn't good for us mm. um and that if we occupy those seats of power for too long it's something begins to happen that is just destructive uh, within us and you know, we're all <clears throat> sort of bashing you know putin at the moment but he he's inhabited a, a seat of power um without you know um uh, those sort of natural sort of democratic structures around him and 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 in some ways we're seeing um the result of that you know that's kind of what what that kind of power and that kind of um the absence of those critical reflections those difficult questions those working through that's when you have an absence of that well <clears throat> you know things start mm. to curve inwards mm. uh, and and wherever we are you know i think that's a that's a significant uh, danger um so yeah, so T, just where's where your thoughts, T, on just this whole sort of thinking theologically, sort of what is God doing, you know, in the world that it, that informs our leadership? What's your where, where where does your your mind go to on that one? Yeah, that's really good. Um, I think I can just see uh, <laughs> it's quite a general statement here, but maybe a reformed love of the Bible coming to the fore of. Of, of church um, a little bit. I think I can only really speak on behalf of my own experience and maybe people my age in their 20s or, um, yeah, yeah, people, students, that kind of age group. But uh, one thing that we are really trying to grapple with is, is what the Bible actually says about how to do life, how to do leadership. Because, um, yeah, I think there's, there's so much that culture pushes forward in our face, so much... Uh, leadership that has gone wrong and and you use the example of Putin I mean it's just crazy to think that that individuals like that can inhabit such a powerful space and I see a growing desire to you know reshape that to reform that to to provide a, a better understanding of what a good leadership or what good leadership can look like mm. um and so I hope and I think that that God is just kind of prodding us a little bit and saying to to Christians um actually you guys have a model of leadership that can benefit the world um so yeah I, I think as we deepen our understanding of of what christian leadership looks like actually there's a, a blessing that comes with that to the 
to the wider world of actually that this is a, a better way of, of doing it. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's like maybe something that's happening as a, as a growing trend. I don't know if you'd agree with that, G, just from a church yeah, leader I think, perspective. I mean, I think I'm so encouraged by like how much, um, <clears throat> you know, books that are being written, you know, Christian dialogue, um, uh, you know, online material. There, there's so much goodness out there. And I think, I, I agree with you. I think there is a trend where um, um, we are rethinking, biblically rethinking some of those, the foundations, if you like, of our, our faith and our practice um, and people's hunger, you know, mm. and, and enthusiasm for that. I think it's just, just wonderful. So I think we are in an exciting moment on that mm. front. And, you know, there are so many resources within the sort of biblical narrative. I think it's uh, Stephen Croft talks about it being the, the, the longest continuous reflection on leadership in human history. And, you know, you've got a book of 4,000 years of human history uh, reflecting on, um, you know, how, how leadership is held and exercised and how um, uh, God works in and through people. Uh, in our human structures uh, for good about the about all the temptations of, of self and um, evil and all the rest of it that can that can cause things to go wrong so you got we got this tremendous resource um, and I think I think probably I think you know obviously the servant leadership you know God is love um, love and community that draws uh, humanity into himself um, you know, there are there are there are really fundamental significant things to say I think I think probably where I would sort of start that sort of theological reflection, particularly around leadership, is, is this sort of, this question, well, what is God doing in the world? Uh, and how do we get to join in? And what does that mean for for our, the way we uh, inhabit and express and live out leadership? And so it seems to me that we are in a, you know, Jesus' Jesus' favourite subject seems to be, you know, the kingdom of God, this sort of emerging reality that's sort of breaking into uh, the human story you know this this you know jesus comes as announcing the good news the gospel the euangelion um you know essentially uh he's announcing a new a new king you know has, has come that god himself has come uh to be uh, lord and king of his people and there's this new reality that is that is birthing around the king you know the savior the good king the king who will who will give his life uh, for uh, his people and who invites people into this upside down kingdom where suddenly it's all about service and love and preferment of others and generosity and um, blessings and grace and humility and all of those qualities that we read about but but that, that they find their you know their source and their origin in this person of Jesus and and then as we as we sort of pick up the, the biblical story we we sort of um, we see the life of Jesus, his sacrificial death, his resurrection, his ascension to the right hands of the Father. And we, we now live in this, this age of, of the church, the age of the Spirit, the age when God himself is present by his Spirit in the lives and the hearts of um, those who've turned uh, to Jesus. And, and where that's that sort of um, that openness uh, to the work of God in the world. And um, and so, and, and we're on this journey, you know, we're on, we're on a human journey uh, towards, I think, the world as it should be rather than the world as it is to the, you know, the coming kingdom, the kingdom that is, that is both now in the sense that it is breaking in, but it's also not yet because we haven't quite arrived and, and we sort of have this horizon of new heavens and new earth of things, you know, the whole world, the whole spectrum and fullness of the world being made right and made good. 
And it seems to me that the human story, the human project is, is about joining in, you know, under the influence of the Spirit, in community with other Christians, um, travelling together. Um, we get to join in with this renewal of all things. And, and, and so if you then start to sort of locate leadership within that movement, within God's renewal uh, of all things, you, you sort of start to say, well, oh, okay, so we're, this, is a journey, this is a journey thing. We're moving into a different kind of future, you know, whether that's a more sustainable business, whether that's a family who are wanting more, you know, better quality relationships and more fullness of life together, whether that's a, a church community that's wanting to share the good news of Jesus and make more of an impact in the, uh, the locality of which they're part. You know, you know, any sphere or spectrum of life, you're asking those same sort of questions. Well, what is God leading us into? What's, what, how might life look different as the Spirit of God draws us forward? Um, and so, and 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 then as as, as we influence leadership, leadership is that is the influence on others to help others sort of move forward on that journey. Um, I don't want to say too much. I know you studied um, Leslie Newbegin, and uh, you know in your um, uh, theology degree. But Leslie Newbegin doesn't he talks about um, the church being a sign, an instrument, and a foretaste of the mm. coming kingdom of God. That we help people see the different kind of future. Mm. We help people participate and join in with that themselves. And we help people experience uh, the goodness of God as we go on that journey uh, together. And, and so it seems to me that you could, you could say, and I, I sort of argue this you know, in the book, but you could say that, that Christian leadership is, is, is exactly that. You know, it's through our influence, helping other people uh, see the kingdom of God in a different context, helping them participate and join in with the kingdom's advance helping people experience more of God for themselves as they go on that that journey. I mean, what, what, what do you think, Matt, as you kind of... I mean, you've got so many practical reflections on, on leadership and stuff. What's, yeah. what's your sense of what God's doing and how we join in with that? I think that's right. I think it's all about... Um, shit, you know, this is a bit silly, but do you remember that advert, the future's bright, the future's orange? T is looking at me so blank. I remember. T is looking uh, so blank. Yeah. Was Orange Network a thing when you? That, that no, guys. What is Orange Network? What is that? I I think half of that statement is true. Orange isn't even a thing anymore. So as a network, so the future wasn't orange, <laughs> as it turns out. But the future is bright, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I believe that you know God's kingdom is all about stepping into. Uh, that sense for us and that thing that we can participate mm-hmm. in and that's great for the three of us oh the future's are bright for us oh, I'm, I'm buzzing great i'll just carry on with my life but what does that look like for other people what is actually the response for us it's not for us just to hold on to and just to live a bright future on our own but it's to give opportunity for others which we've just talked about as well and so how how do we do that how do we make sense of that? And it can be different for all of us, I guess. And I, we've all got our own context. But but something for me is, you know, the future is bright because we're given opportunity for people to step into that mm. uh, future. So how, in your context, does it look like to give opportunity away? Because when when we give opportunity away, people find belonging from that opportunity. And not only do they find belonging, but they find a sense of themselves that, they can be just themselves. So not 
um, the future's bright. We all look like Matt and we all do things the way Matt does things. But the future's bright because I'm participating in my way, in my uh, unique way that God has created me to be. And that is where the real life and beauty comes from. And I think that's what it looks like to inhabit um, a God-shaped future. And just so, Matt, I mean, I, I really see that in your mm-hmm. life and ministry. I mean, um, in our church family, we've got something like 35 people in our band or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and the way you've made space for people to come in and inhabit that, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a whole spectrum of abilities. Some of our mm-hmm. kids breaking through now who, you know, only just started learning piano or something, yeah. you know, and you've just you've made this space available and you've you've sort of um in a very sort of gentle way you you've sort of helped people see what 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 participating could look like mm. for mm. them and you know the feeling is good the vibe you set is good and you just you just draw and people just love it yeah, you know, and, and, and <laughs> folks who, you know, in other churches wouldn't necessarily, you know, I don't mean anything really yeah. by that, but, you know, th- particular opportunities have been created mm. by the work that you and your team have done. And I, I, I find that tremendously inspiring, yeah. you know, when I, I think about you sort of how, you, how you've done. Is there anything that you've, do you feel there's anything you've done particularly intentionally that's made that more of a reality than, mm. than not? Well, I think there's a few things. Thanks, Jesus. It's very nice of you. Very nice. Got it on record. That's yes. Very nice. um, I think, um, you know, what we were talking about in the last episode about our experience of leadership, my experience was that I was given a lot of great opportunities, which is, is really great for me. Like, I really enjoyed that. But to hold it just for myself is quite selfish. So what it's quite easy for me to give opportunity away because I was given opportunity. Mm. And so it's... It's quite easy to do that. And then sometimes, you know, you touched on uh, excellence and what excellence looks like. I don't think excellence looks like one guy at the front with his guitar that does it every week. And it sounds incredible. And they sound like uh, the best Christian band on the planet or, or whatever. I, I don't think excellence is that. But excellence is when you get a 10-year-old and they, they play drums and they play drums for the first time. Mm. And they get to the end of that three minutes. And while it may have not have been perfect, they stepped into something that they hadn't stepped into before. That's that's excellence. That's excitement. That's where real life is experienced. And I don't know. I just always think, well, I think there's a, a safety net, which is, is just, well, you didn't, you didn't ask. Well, you may have asked to be in the band, but you didn't ask for this opportunity. I gave you this opportunity. Um, and so the safety net is, if it all falls down, then it's my fault and I probably shouldn't have mm. asked. And that, that was. And so I think often we see like examples of Jesus exampling things, showing how things are to be done and then saying, now, now you go out and you do this. And even at the end, it's not right. I'm here for the next 2,000 years. And let's do this together. It's a no. I'm I'm going now, and this is your opportunity to do it. And the spirit leads, and the spirit moves. But there are different ways that that works out, and there are different problems that come up. So, like in uh, the Acts, we see that there's a problem with uh, the widows not being fed and not being given the opportunity, and they have to work out that problem. But 
It's not that Jesus pops up and goes, so this is how you fix the problem. They have they have to figure out that problem for themselves. And so I think we can see that there's a, sometimes I talk about being passionate about something but not being precious about it. And so you're passionate and you will people on and you, like you champion them the best that you can, but you're not so precious that it's got to be done your way and you're holding on too tightly with your hands that, you know, we just have a load of people that look like Matt. <laughs> you know, that's, that is really dull and really boring. But we can see all those things, not because I had great ideas or not because I'm an exceptional leader or person that giving stuff away, but because that's what Jesus did. And that's where our looking at theology and understanding in our context looks like it. It was never my idea, but it was always what Jesus has been doing the whole time through his spirit as well. That's great, isn't so it? Good. Matt, so good. <laughs> <laughs> Little sermon there. I love that. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I was the one right No, no, it's great. It's brilliant. And I, I mean, too, I, I was thinking the same question maybe for yourself as well, because, I mean, you talked about the, the formation of just love in the first um, uh, part that we did, and that I just found that such a helpful story, really, of birthing something new mm. and something that was uh, a really important um uh sort of future part really of of uh that offering really to, to christian folks in our city christian students in our city uh, to help balance things and just propel them forward into something that's, that's that's good and important i mean you must have you know building that team casting that vision mm. walking with people into something new i mean i guess you've got reflections on how you how that was made possible lessons learned I don't know, what would you say yeah sure I mean it's interesting that Matt you touched on the idea of safety nets mm. um and there's this kind of concept that we learned within just love called tight ropes and safety nets mm. and that's how you give opportunities away that's how you grow leaders um where you give them opportunities you give them that tight rope you call them into something new but then you have that safety net of we know that you are good enough because you are loved by God and you are just you and you don't need to prove anything. And that that's something that I tried to emulate in my my uh, yeah leadership development of others, of, of those tightropes and safety nets. Um, and I think also I learned so much that there's an element of self-forgetfulness in that as well. It's, it's like, how can I move out of the way so that this person can flourish? Mm. Like maybe I feel confident in... Um, communicating or running the session running a seminar but actually why don't I give that opportunity to someone else and maybe it won't go as well because they're not as confident or something but as you say Matt like that's what excellence is it's it's when that student is able to run a session for the first time or able to do a talk for the first time mm. um it's where they step out and they have those those tight ropes mm. um, and I think it's something that I try and implement as well, um, even in my life now, how can I bless other people around me, give them those opportunities, not think about myself and <laughs> and put myself as the forefront of that, but thinking about others and, and placing them on the pedestal instead of myself. Um, I think it's also about owning your sphere as well. So looking around at the networks that you have, at the people that you come into contact regularly and thinking how can I give this away to that person? How can I, um, yeah, ensure that they are they are moving in a certain direction? Um, but then it, it's great because you can also be 
that person for someone else in the sense that they will look at you and think, how can we give opportunities to them? So if all of us are doing that, then essentially all of us should be moving towards that God-shaped future because people are also giving us opportunities as well as us giving opportunities to others. So it works out really in God's kingdom. <laughs> I, I love that. And I, I, it just feels to me, this thing, TG there and Matt, you put before that, um, in a very sort of practical sense, um, you're both sort of in those two leadership examples that you gave. You are both really, you know, absolutely. Your, your activity is rooted in this bigger thing that God is doing. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't just Matt's project. This isn't just this thing that T and John decided they were going to spend the last two years of their time of student life investing in. You're, you're joining in with something bigger than yourselves. And, it, and it's got implications uh, for those around you. And um, it's got a particular purpose, but, it, but it's also, you know, nurturing, equipping, enabling, calling out. Um, you know, you're, you're part of a dynamic there, mm. which seems to be, you know, uh, you know this, this sort of underlying significance sort of thread or current that God is, that God is, working and, and, and active in the world mm. and um and i think that's kind of what we're saying isn't it in, the, in this session that we need a handle on that we need con- mm. constant mm. reflection on what god is actually up to mm. in our midst um to root us and to anchor these different types of leadership expression that we're talking about yeah and i think there is a response for us isn't there to um to grab hold of that like you're saying and how that works out is exciting. It's exciting for us to step into, but it might take a little bit of work to find ourselves in, you know, find ourselves. And think about, I don't know, the worst thing would be for me just to be doing my project, mm. wouldn't it? And so it's important just to make sure we're always grounded, I guess. But the response is, God, what are you doing that I can participate in? And what are you doing that I can serve in? And they're really helpful questions to be asking and to be stepping into. And just like, God, what do you have for me today? Just in my simple thing. I know last episode we talked about my shopping list, but what are you doing on my shop? You know, where what am I what am I stepping into? It's not just I have to do this, but it's a, a the kingdom is moving in every sphere of my life, every shape, not just in my where I think I'm a leader but in where I've been called into in this bigger sense of life and renewal of God's kingdom in our world. <laughs> Great. Well, hopefully loads there to sort of just, you know, that encouragement to reflect mm. what God is up to, how we make sense of that, how that um, continues to inform um, and shape that influence that we express on others. Where, where are we going um, after this, Matt? Good question. So session three, we're going to be looking at Christian leadership as hopeful influence. Um, and so that's what the, the next session is about. And we'll talk about it more as we get there. But I wondered, do you, do you fancy praying for us as we finish this episode? Yeah, I'd love to. Great. Should we pray? Yeah, loving God. Thank you, Lord, that, um, yeah, for just the privilege it is to uh, be drawn into uh, your life and your work in the world. Thank you that there is 
uh, that you are renewing all things, uh, that what is broken, uh, what is uh, not as it should be, will be put right uh, perfectly one day. And, uh, and Lord, thank you for the way that you, you call us into uh, that renewal and transformation. And we do pray, we pray for ourselves and for those listening uh, today, Lord, in just our different spheres of influence, Lord, uh, the places that you've uh, located us uh, in the world and uh, in the church. Uh, and we pray, Lord, help us, help us to, um, yeah, just to grapple afresh uh, with, with what you're doing. Uh, tune us in, Lord, to some of those bigger movements uh, that you're up to in the places that we find ourselves. And we do pray that as we, as we grapple, as we think on those things, Lord, that you would just be refining us, helping us to, uh, to use our influence uh, in ways that are properly aligned uh, with your coming kingdom. Help us uh, to help others to see and participate and experience that kingdom more uh, for themselves. In your precious name. Amen. 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 Well, I hope this uh, topic and talking about uh, theology and leadership has been really helpful. Uh, I've learned a lot and got a lot out of this and I'm feeling very hopeful for the future, which is really, really great. And so uh, we are going to head into our next session, you know, Christian leadership as hopeful influence. But until we get there, uh, we hope you have a great week uh, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.